Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Blazers Edge podcast. I am your host, Dane Morang. And this week, as we prepare to discuss the, I don't know, the third version of the return of the NBA, I got my friend, uh, Coin6 News Sports reporter, Marcus Grease. Marcus, thanks for joining the show, man. Man, what's up? I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited for this. This is something that, uh, you know, anytime I can hop on with my man, Danny, you know, Blazer legend, man, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. It's it, it, it. It ain't real, but I'll take it. So, um, for those of you that don't know Marcus, Marcus is a – I don't know. You guys like the Marines. Do you go, like, former Beaver, or do you, like, always a Beaver? Like, what, what, what's, the, what, what's the – Well, you know, I've had to adjust to the fact of, obviously, I'm not a player anymore. So, mm-hmm. uh, let's go former Beaver because okay. then, you know, I do have some – I do a Ducks podcast, Ducking Around here at Coin. I do a Beaver's podcast it's called Beaver Smack. And so I try and be in the middle as much as I can. Obviously, I got to put away my bias and my, you know, past experience. Mm-hmm. So let's just go former, man. We can work. Okay, we can go form, <laughs> former Beaver, former Oregon State Beaver. Um, and now you are at Coin6 as a sports reporter. Obviously, you said you have to cover the Ducks and Beavers, but also you're at Blazers games with uh, fellow Coin6 uh, sports reporter, AJ McCord. So yep. um, you're, you've been around the team a bunch this year and kind of gotten a feel for, for how – things are working around the team and, and the weirdness that is this season that kind of continues to, to hit now. We've already kind of touched on it. Excuse me, everybody. My allergies are a nightmare. So you're going to hear me sniffle. I'm going to try and edit out as much as I can, but I am quite literally about the worst case scenario I've ever <laughs> been with these things. I'm trying to breathe normally. I am drinking energy drinks and caffeine to try to clear me up a little bit uh, through the podcast, but it's going to be some sniffle filled, uh, audio and I apologize but um, we've kind of touched on already over the last couple weeks like the return to the to the league like what's mm-hmm. going to happen who's going to be where who's going to do what so I'm going to give you a few minutes just kind of give your two cents and so everybody knows kind of where you're coming from as far as should the league come back are you okay with how the league's doing things and mm-hmm. then we'll kind of progress into some of the statements and questions that we've heard from some of these phone calls and from the owners and from all the reporters okay yeah yeah definitely man I mean in my opinion i think obviously if the nba is going to come back uh you know obviously like you said you got to make it safe you have to make it so there's a fair chance for the teams that are going to be there you know there's going to be those questions of you know what if some teams are going to go there like dame said a couple of weeks ago why would i go there if i don't have a chance to go to the playoffs and this that and the fifth so mm-hmm. uh, i kind of like the format that they have right now i just like the fact of the teams have a chance right and especially with a healthy blazers team That's something that I don't think a lot of people really think about uh, is, you know, you get a healthy Blazers team back and you could, you know, for a fact that they could catch the Grizzlies because what are they three and a half games back? Was that it? If I'm correct, I think it was three and a half games back. And, you know, for a fact, if you're the Lakers, the one thing you don't want is uh, a fully healthy Blazers team with Damian Lillard having a chip on the shoulder. I mean, as honest as that gets, man, I mean, uh, I like to, I don't like to always, say it but you know I'm a LeBron fan I've always been a LeBron fan but mm-hmm. this is coming from the LeBron fan of I would not want to play Damian Lillard you know full strength Blazers him with that chip on his shoulder we see we've seen you know time and time again this season what happens when you talk smack to Damian Lillard when you're like listen Dame uh you know the Blazers you guys just don't have it right now right you guys aren't the same team as you are last year uh whatever excuse and whatever people say and then Dame, you know, obviously him being as real as he is, he says, listen, man, like, all right, then that's what you want to talk. If you want to talk like that, then all right, I'm going to make you pay for it type thing. So um, I, I do like the setup. I like the fact that the Blazers have a chance. I like the fact that other teams like the Pelicans, Kings, um, and obviously the Grizzlies already having that eight seed, that they have that, you know, that chance to, you know, make, make a playoff push and things like that. So I think the setup is good. The location is good as as far as it being tough for the players, I definitely feel for them, man. I mean, what is that going to be? They said like three months of you being in Orlando, you can only bring a certain amount of family members 
and things like that. That's going to be tough. That'll take a toll on them because, you know, obviously as much as we see them as, you know, these superstar athletes, they are still people. So it's like spending time with yeah. the family and, and, you know, having some time, some downtime with them is, is really important for a lot of these players. So um, I like the setup. I think what they're doing is the right thing to do right now. Um, but obviously, Danny, and, you know, you'll probably bring this up eventually is with all this civil rights movement and things like that, mm -hmm. things might change as they should. So um, that's kind of my two cents with how the NBA is going right now with obviously in regards to the coronavirus stuff. All right. So I'm, I'm going to pivot here because you, you touched on something and it's something I, I've, I've talked about on Twitter the last couple of days and I, it's kind of ruffled some feathers. Um, my, my basic concept of the bubble and the players coming in and, and um, the lack of people coming in with them, i.e. their mm -hmm. families. From what I've heard from the league, uh, and, and just kind of laying this this all out there. The vast majority of teams are going to be done in about 45 days. Yeah, yeah. The teams that run to the finals, they're, they're going to be a long time. Like, it, it's going to be, you know, closer to, to the three-month side of things. But most teams are going to be done pretty darn quick. And then yeah. you're out of the bubble and you're back home. And they've spent, what, the last three months with their families. Mm -hmm. And yeah. my whole point was there were – it wasn't real public. It was more behind the scenes. And you know how this stuff works. Yeah there were some players that were complaining that they, it wasn't as open as they wanted it to be. And they wanted everybody to be able to come fan or family, close friends of family handlers, that mm. kind of thing. Yeah. And I equated it to my time overseas and people, the, 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 I think the big pushback that I got was, well, they didn't sign up for this. And, you know, um, just because you had it bad, you, you want them to have it bad. No, I don't want anybody to have it bad. I'm using mm -hmm. the example of being overseas of, when you enlist in the military, even over the past 20 years, you're not enlisting to go overseas. You're enlisting to serve, and you, and you know what, what could become as part of it. Nobody signed up for the coronavirus yeah. and, and what it has had. You're going to ask, be asked to make specific sacrifices as it pertains to returning to basketball. And for those sacrifices, you're going to live in a four- or five-star resort hotel <laughs> in Florida – while being paid hundreds of thousands or potentially millions of dollars. Yeah. Asking you to be away from your family for six weeks, which really isn't that long of a time when we're talking about fresh field athletes. You're, you're only talking a couple more weeks than they normally are during the regular season. Or, again, if you've been traded midseason, I'll use Rodney Hood as his example. When he was traded from Cleveland to Portland, his family didn't come with him. He, he was out here without them. And then we have all the, the additions of, of modern technology. And the whole reason I bring this up was, it was a it was a bit of a straw man argument for some players to make. Oh, this is a, a real problem. Da, 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 when that wasn't really what the problem was. It was. Yeah. It's more about the safety. It's more about the civil rights movement. It's more about compensation and insurance. They were using that because what's the first thing you, that did you think of when somebody says, "Oh, the, the, you know, they're going to have to be away from their family." That's like a, that's that appeal to emotion, right? Where you're yeah. just like, "Oh man, that you mean they've got to find a way to do that," and then. It gets you off what the rational train of thought is. It's a few weeks, man. You'll be all right. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Is that and, is that kind of where you're sitting on that? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And that's kind of the thing for me is um, I definitely understand that too. I mean, even when, again, these guys are professional athletes. They know what they're doing. And obviously, like you said, nobody signs up for this coronavirus because nobody did, right? This no. hit us all by surprise and everything like that. So in regards to them being away from their families, I don't think, like you said, that's the biggest deal for them. It's okay. We've never really been in this position before. So kind of, how do we go about it? At the same time, can you really blame the NBA? Because it's like, well, we're trying to make everything safe, right? We're trying to make it safer and make it so, you know, if you do want to bring your family, you can, but you just can't bring, you know, your posse of 30 or 40 people because then they'll be at risk as well. And then, you know, so on and so forth. Everyone else is going to be at risk and things like that. So I definitely, I definitely agree with you with that. Uh, but, you know, obviously, like you said, being overseas and um, I, mine was a lot different. I, I played college football. So, you know, if I was. Again, you're family, away from. Yeah. Other things, you're away from your family. And, and it's not that I don't feel bad for them or that I want them to suffer because that's, that's mm -hmm. not the case. I'm just saying in this particular instance, the sacrifice you're being asked to make is to go play basketball and be away from your family for a little bit and be very, very well compensated. And I, mm -hmm. I don't think that's something when 
you're looking around the world right now, people are dying, people are homeless, people are jobless, people are yeah. in incredibly terrible situations. To me, that's something that, that sounds a little bit like it's going to fall on deaf ears, like you don't have every comfort when you're living in a, on quite literally the Walt Disney World Resort. Yeah. And you know. like you, and like you said, they, they have time, they've had time to spend with their family and things like that, which obviously everyone needs. I'm not taking that away from no. them at all, but I'm saying this is kind of like, it was kind of like a nice break in the middle of things that were going on and things like that. So the NBA season kind of got another break, right? Cause you have the all-star week and stuff like that. And um, then you get the, you know, what are we on month four or three? It or all something? blends together, man. Yeah, <laughs> At this point it all does, but you know, they have this nice break in the middle where they did get to spend time with their family. So, if they are going to come back and play basketball, they would want it to be a certain way the NBA would, which makes sense, right? And so, like you said, six weeks away, for the most part, maybe a team like, you know, the, the Lakers or the Bucs. Yeah, yeah, the Lakers Clippers. or the Bucks are going to be there a lot longer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you feel for those players. But for other teams that are probably only going to be there for, what, uh, you know, a week or two or think, something like that, and then basically come back home, I mean, that's where you can't always please everybody in a way, no. right? So. If you want the NBA back, you're going to have to follow the guidelines to have the NBA back, right? If you don't want it to be back, then I guess you don't really have to complain about it. You don't really have anything much to say about it because you gave your opinion. You don't want it back. So you can't accommodate to however many players that they're going to bring, however many teams they're going to bring, with how many people they're going to bring, and things like that. I mean, they have to keep it safe somehow. So um, I, I think it's the right move for them to do, and I, mm -hmm. I completely understand where the NBA is coming from in that instance because, I mean, there's not really much you can do, especially in a time like right now where there's, you know, a bunch of crazy things going on in the world. So It's almost like you do this, do this for a living because there's a nice little progression and transition here into <laughs> the, the whole idea of let's put the framework in place for those who maybe don't understand everything. I put a little bit of this out on Twitter last night. If you go back through my mentions, there's a, like a 10-tweet thread of like just general stuff that I think some people maybe don't understand, and that is – Nobody is being forced to mm -hmm. go to the bubble. That is not something that is happening. Uh, I've seen a lot of people say, well, I want the NBA back as long as they aren't forced to go. Nobody is being forced to go. If you opt out for safety concerns, you are allowed to stay home. That is something that has been conveyed across the board. That's not something that's going to happen. Now, does that mean you're going to get paid? No. I mean... Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to work. You're not going to get paid. And some people will see that as, but you know, by way of forcing, no, just the same way you don't have to force yourself to go to work right now. And there are options out there for you. Otherwise, this is the same is true here, whether it's for safety concerns or for like, as we, as we hinted to at the, the beginning, civil rights or a number of other reasons. The NBA is not going to force anybody because the look that that would give them on just a PR level alone, let alone like the actual real reasoning behind things, this is not a league that does that to its players. They, 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 they can't. They, they, remember, I mean, it's, you know, hashtag this league, you know, and, and all, how much they, they want going to be player-centric and player-focused. And that's a good thing, even if it is just looking at it from a marketing, branding, PR standpoint. But nobody's being forced to go. Yeah, exactly. And that's the same thing is, uh, like you said, nobody's being forced to go. So if you really don't want to go and you don't really have an opinion, you're like, I just don't want to play. Like, I would rather spend time with my family. No one's going to sit here and say, you know, that's a bad thing. You know, mm -hmm. spend time with your family. If you are one of those people that are saying, you know, I want to focus on the civil rights movement, then you can do that. Right. And there's I mean, the, the list goes on. And what you know, whatever your opinion is on either matter or any matter in regards to the NBA returning, you have that opinion. You have that right to your opinion. So that's what I'm saying. The NBA has done a good job of not saying, hey, listen, you have to go to Orlando. And if not, then, I don't know, you're going to be kicked off the team or something. Or you're going to have to face, you know, discipline, uh, disciplinary, um, you know, consequences or something. But they don't have to, right? It's just giving them the choice. And if you want to do that, you can do that. So I, that's what I'm saying. I think the NBA did it right. Instead of, you know, forcing players to go or, you know, saying that, you know, you have to be there or you don't have to be there or whatever it is, right? I think they just did the right thing of making it a choice for the player and maybe even the player's family and things like that. So you could sit down and have a conversation with your family saying, listen, you know, uh, maybe I can use my platform for this in the civil rights movement. Maybe I can move my platform for that and this or this and that, right? Regardless, they give them the choice, which is something that as a former player, that's all you ask for, right? That's all, especially as a college football player, that was all that I asked for is that if I have a platform and I use it and I give my opinion 
that at least that it's heard compared to me, you know, telling you like, Hey, this is how I feel. And you say, well, sorry, man, like get over it. Right. And then move on to the next thing. You want that choice. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that choice, Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard, uh, among others have spoken out. Um, There's a lot at play here. And I want to kind of set the table here, depending on whose report you read, Shams, Woj, or Haynes, you're going to get three different versions. Yeah. And for those of you who maybe don't pay real close attention to this stuff, that's for a particular reason. If you're getting it from Haynes, it's from the players. If you're getting it from Woj, it's from the executives and the owners. If you're getting it from Shams, you're getting it from the agents. For everybody that doesn't know, that's how those chains work. So when you're reading those things, that's what you need to understand the agendas behind them. And I'm not using agenda as a negative term because that's typically commonly associated. Everybody's got an agenda. Well, guess what? Everybody does. And it's, it depends on what frame of mind you're in that it shifts whether the agenda is positive or negative. I'm going to go a little ad lib here and say, if you look at Woj's piece on Kyrie, I would say it was likely not the most flattering piece. If you were going to look at Haynes's, I think it paints him in a much brighter light along with guys like Dwight and Carmelo Anthony. Shams's was just kind of here. From what I understand, those reporters were given access one way or another to that phone call. And depending on whose point of view you're reporting from, that's what shapes those opinions and that's what shapes those articles. So you kind of have to read all of them to have a sense of what exactly is going on, who's saying what, what the tone is, and what is trying to be accomplished by certain wording. And I hate that it's like that in a sense. I wish we had this unbiased filter that we could put on it, right? But that's just not, that's just not how it works, especially in today's media world. There's always going to be something behind it. When you go through all these, Marcus, what was your general takeaway from what's basically transpired over the last 48 hours? Uh, I mean, I just think in my point of view, it's, it's the same thing of the players just want a choice. And I think, especially on this topic of the civil rights movement, things that are going on right now in the world, I can definitely understand, obviously, being a young black man, you know, mm-hmm. there's some things that I think you need to understand. And by you, I just mean everyone in general. The collective you. Yes. And, and just like there is a problem, right? There's a problem not only in the U.S. but in the world, right? Mm-hmm. But especially in the U.S. because it's in the spotlight right now. Is there's definitely a problem in the world. These players like Kyrie are saying, listen, man, something is fishy about this because it seems like they're trying to take everything away and, and in a way, I guess, distract a lot of people from what's going on right now, right? You bring basketball back. Basketball is, and sports in general, things that kind of take people out of, you know, the real world. It's your escape. Yeah, it's your escape. You put them in a different environment. You have to be like, oh man, the NBA is back. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be built. I'm so excited for it. So, you know, now we don't have to see all this bad stuff that's going on in the world. Instead, we could just watch guys play basketball, watch my, you know, my favorite athlete, your favorite athlete, or whatever it is, play basketball and make their impact on the basketball Right. And so I actually see it from both sides of this Kyrie Irving wanting to go or not wanting to play. And then someone, for example, maybe like an Austin Rivers, right, where he said that, hey, you could use this platform and still make change in the civil rights movement and things like that. I know Lou Williams is another guy that was like, I don't, man, like, I don't want to play basketball right now. That's not our main focus. And so uh, from, you know, from both the, all the reports and everything like that, listening to some of the players and reading, you know, the articles and reports, it's, it's interesting because I definitely understand where they're coming from in regards to this is not the most important thing right now to play basketball. But then at the other side, I'm looking at it like, man, well, if everyone is going to try and shift their attention away and say, all right, we can step out of this real world and go to our escape. Then you see someone like LeBron, someone like Kyrie, someone like Dame, who is, has no problem with speaking his opinion, Mm -hmm. things like that in the spotlight on national television, whether it be a, maybe a speech before the game or, Post game, we're not going to answer any questions until we talk about this and that and this and that, or um, you know, police brutality or whatever it is, right? Re- yeah. Regardless, as long as they could use that platform and and make it so there's no running away from it, right? You're not running away from the problem. You're not making it a distraction or anything like that. You're facing it on a bigger stage and 
you, you continue to do that and continue to do that and continue to do that because I don't think in this it's running away from the problem. You know, it's just coming from my point of view. I really mm-hmm. think that those guys, I mean, every single NBA player knows what he's doing, regardless yeah. of people. So imagine, you know, Damian Lillard's out there and he comes out with, I don't know, a shirt or he comes out with, um, you know, anything, maybe a, a pregame interview saying like, hey, man, I'm not going to talk any basketball. I'm just going to talk about this, that, and this, and that, right? I'm going to talk about civil rights movement right now. I'm going to talk about what's going on in the in the, in the states right now. And then post game, maybe they're like, hey, Dane, let's talk about this game. They're like, nah, man, uh, I'm not going to answer any questions until it's something like this. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me how I feel about police brutality. Tell me, you know, uh, ask me how I feel about this or ask me how I feel about that. Right? I think that's maybe that is a is a better way to go about it rather than you know just completely cutting it out because then. I don't know, man. I just feel like they have so much power and they know they have so much power and they have so much influence. These guys are controlling the narrative. Some of the most talented guys in the, on the planet. And you have so many people who idolize you and you have such a huge platform and you should use that, man. You should definitely use that. And that's what, you know, just coming from even a smaller, obviously, standpoint when I was at Oregon State and things like this would happen. I would, you know, I would use my platform any way I could, right? I would use it any way I could because I felt like that was the right thing to do. And, you know, football for me was an escape a lot of the time, right? It was the same thing for everybody else. But I felt like when I was on the field before the, you know, before the game, after the game, I would do everything I could in order to make sure that whatever point I was trying to be made was heard. And I think this NBA players could do the exact same thing and have it make a huge impact. And whether it be with charities, whether it be with, like we, you know, like I just said, post-game, pre-game, uh, T-shirts, whatever it is, mid, you know, even the announcers, for a good example, the NBA is really smart. And, and I think both of us know that and they are willing to do, like you said, what the players would want. So imagine if someone like LeBron is like, listen, man, I want to, you know, say the Lakers and Blazers are playing against each other. Say, you know, both Dame and LeBron go to a podium before a game and say, joint listen, man, yeah, like joint statement. This is how we feel. Right. They both come up with their thoughts, opinions or whatever it is, make their statement. then. You know, during the podcast, you have you know, the guys from TNT, you have, you know, Chuck, Shaq, uh, Ernie, every, you know, Kenny, all those guys talking about that as well. It can go on and go on and go on. I don't think we, you know, people could run from it at that point. Yeah. I think yeah. it, they're going to keep throwing it in people's faces until they're finally willing to listen, finally willing to understand because they should, because it's a real, you know, it's a real problem in the States. So, um, you know, that, that might have been a little longer answer. Than no, that's, that's perfect, man. That's, that's exactly what, I mean, that's what I, this is going to maybe irk some people. There's not a lot of young black men that I can bring on this pod to talk about these things. I am, I'm a mid thirties white dude living in the (laughs) whitest major city in the country. I'm not going to speak on these things. I'm going to ask questions Mm -hmm. and not just here, but before we we were sat down to record, I'm reaching out to players. I'm reaching out to media members, young black men who have experienced these things in a way that I never can, never will, no matter what I do, no matter what I know to understand who, what, when, where, how, why. And when Kyrie asked that or said that they should not play, my first thought was, Really? Is that how players feel? Mm-hmm. And I started texting people. Hey, you know, texting players, texting media members. Hey, where do you – and the, the most common response that I got was this. I understand what he's saying. I want to play. If they say that, you know, we, we all come together and we decide that we're not going to play, I will support that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I would like to play. Like the, I think everybody wants that bit of normalcy and not to distract from the, from, from the movement, not to distract mm-hmm. from Black Lives Matter, not to distract or pull anything away. I think in their own personal space, they want some sense of normalcy to return. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very, very natural thing. And the, the next question that I have been asking over and over and over again, and not to specifically get an answer, but to just kind of get the wheels going on it, because I don't think anybody has this answer. Because if they did, we'd know one way or the other, which way things are going to go. And that is this. What is the exact value, the calculus that you have to figure out that taking basically what amounts to a month of basketball and not doing it mm-hmm. going to cost you on the financial side and the impact that that will have versus the reward of the consistent eyes that you may get 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that as a negative. I'm just saying that that's an unknown value. That's an unknown quantity of if they didn't do anything, what is the tangible thing that you can measure and say, yes, because when you're going to sit down with your 400 union members and you're going to put this to a vote, which is likely going to happen now, because as we've heard things spoken about, like there's, there's been some, some unhappiness about things being pushed forward without being, getting a bigger vote. Mm-hmm. And for those wondering, the, the NBA union is different from your regular union. The stars have more power. They drive the league. So the, I, I don't think you're going to get the entire rank and file involved here, but it's probably going to trickle down more than it typically does in a vote like this. The flip side is you can measure you know the actual tangible dollar value of not playing. You know exactly how you're talking about 35% of their salaries, poof, gone. So the question you have to ask yourself as an NBA player, which I'm sure they're all looking at right now, is it is the gain, the net gain worth it to sit out and keep things going in, the, in a way that they see fit? to give that money up. And that's where Portland Trailblazers, CJ McCollum on those calls was reminding everybody you, this is X, this is what you're going to lose. And that's the financial responsibility. That's what, that's what he has to do as a vice president. Hey guys, if you don't play, you're going to lose 35% of your income and we're probably going to have to shred up the CBA. And we're probably not going to get as good a deal going forward. And I think when you hear Kyrie say, I'm willing to give it all up, I think it's easier for a guy like Kyrie. I think it's easier for a guy like Dwight Howard, who has Dwight has career earnings that are surpassing 99.9% of the rest of the league. Yeah. Kyrie's on a deal that's much bigger than it was before. To the rest of the rank and file, that's a, probably a harder ask. And I'm not saying that anybody's better or worse. And I'm not saying any option is better or worse. I'm saying we have the known quantifiable variables of what happens if you don't do it. Mm. What I'm wondering is, in your mind, when you look at this, how do you measure the the net gain of not playing? And it, you can't look at it necessarily in a vacuum because what happens a month after the NBA, the yeah. NFL? Yeah, it's a football season. So you, your window is limited because mm. unless you can get the NFL to also do the same thing, the eyes will just deflect from the NBA and go straight to the NFL. Exactly. So you're looking at it from that. I'm not asking you to say one's better than, or better than the other because I, I don't know. That's why I keep asking the question. Mm-hmm. But it, when you're looking at this and you're like, I see both sides, what are you looking at as far as how you can put those on the scale and say yes or no to one over the other? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, I think when it comes to the money instance, as in like you, I mean, you hit it on the head when someone like Dwight Howard and Kyrie Irving, you know, when they when they speak out saying, man, you know, Kyrie's like, man, I'm willing to give it all up. I don't need all this money. Yeah, you don't need all this money because you already have how much money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and yeah, you, you could be fine. And then Dwight Howard, same thing. You know, I don't need this, but you already have how much. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's and there's people who play the game. Again, like I was saying, because they want to use their platform. They want to use it in the right way. I think a lot of the time people forget about that because every time you talk about, I want to play, they're thinking it's to distract from everything else as well. I mean, there's so much that you can kind of, like you said, how do you weigh one or the other? Or how do you weigh the money and, you know, not playing to make a point to playing and and trying to make a point? The tangible versus the intangible. Yeah, exactly. And so I just think, in my, in my opinion, you know, again, I can't stress enough that I think they should be playing because it's going to have so much more of an impact. And this is where, you know, Adam Silver and the rest of the NBA, someone like LeBron, the, the stars, they need to speak up as well when it flips over to the NFL. So say, you know, you go for a month or so. Yep. And then you have the NBA finals, done. Whoever wins, wins, blah, 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 right? They have, they have their civil rights movement, you know, and how they're going to do it in the – in the NBA and they have that great because it's going to keep the awareness on. It's going to keep the pressure on the people who it needs to have the pressure be on. Right. And then the, you flip over to the NFL. They can convince them in the NFL to say, man, you got to keep this pressure on. This cannot be an escape from reality. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an, an escape for some of the players. So they obviously can make their money, but at the same time, you cannot take the pressure off because we've seen it numerous times. I mean, how many more times does this, does an instance like this need to happen? And then people get riled up for how long, you know, a month, two months, and then it goes away. 
that's what's the frustrating thing, obviously, being a young African-American man, because I'm like, we see this so many times, and then there's players, you know, like you said, who step up and do something about it and want to do something about it, and opinions are going to be different. That's okay. But when you take the pressure off and not blast it in people's face all the time, I feel like then they're just going to be like, well, I don't have to watch the NBA because it doesn't even matter, right? Or I don't, you know, but let's be honest. If you're not watching the NBA, watching the NFL, a lot of those people who don't want to hear it, they're still going to hear it. And that's what I'm saying. So what do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose other than putting the pressure and keep putting the pressure on um, for people who need to listen and need to understand this. And I just think, you know, for again, for those who are talking about the money instance, if you want to say, I don't need the money, okay, that's fine. You don't need the money. But then you can think about it. Say you do get the money. Say you do earn the money and you do play. If you are, you know, so passionate about, you know, not passionate about the money and you're doing it for the right reasons, then get the money and then use it to help communities. Use it to help, yeah. um, you know, areas where, you know, maybe the majority is African-American and, and maybe it's not a great area. I mean, I've lived in one of those before too, right? It's just like, it's things that are like that where you can use your platform in so many other ways than just basically throwing on, you know, throwing a however much, you know, 35%, like you said, out the window, 30% out the window, just throw it out the window. I don't want it. I don't need it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Need, there's somebody who could use that. Yeah, you exactly. Could, there's somebody you could influence, and somebody that you could help more than you understand. And I, you know, I don't want to say it's a selfish thing because again, everyone has a right to your own opinion, things like that. I again, I see where he's coming from, saying that there's more important things going on, which is 100 percent true. And it's in, I think when he's talking about that, it's in a vacuum, mm -hmm. right? And if there was no other eyes right now, let's say this is the middle of the summer or beginning of the summer and the NFL is not coming back, the MLB is still fighting, NHL isn't doing anything, and you could basically hold what turns into a sports blackout, I, could, I would be more on that side. And then I'm not saying that he's wrong. I'm just saying for me, I could understand that motivation as far as like a successful tactic. And not that it wouldn't be successful if, if they did it the, the way that it is right now. I just think there's a limiting su success factor because of outside influences. Mm -hmm. And I think you can mitigate those by having the season. And it's not because I want to see basketball. I'm talking about this particular issue. We're talking about the, the livelihoods and rights and beliefs that all men are created equal, mm -hmm. regardless of your skin color. That's a fundamental truth and should be an exercise fundamental truth. I don't care about the basketball side of things. I had somebody say that, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get my checks. Guess what, folks? I've already been cashed out for the season. I'm paid. I'm not worried about that, okay? Yeah. So uh, my point is, and I don't, I don't even need the distraction right now. Sure, would it be fun to cover the league again? Absolutely. I love doing the show with Joe. I love being able to write about it. But that stuff falls to the wayside. Here's the thing. When Joe and I come back, guess what we're going to talk about on the show? We're going to make this an emphasis. This is, it's not going to be all basketball. We're going to talk about this. We're going to keep it front and center. That's something we're going to do. Mm -hmm. So I understand that point of it. But I think that and it's kind of a weird word to use. But you can weaponize that money and use it for good. Mm -hmm. And, I, and Carmelo Anthony, we, we caught a little bit of this, in, in I believe it was Shams' piece um, that came out of the phone call, was talking about, hey, everybody that's on the call, if we all donate 25 grand, and it, like, let's, let's frame this for everybody, 25 grand to a lot of these guys is more, or let a, they spend that very frequently. Yeah. Let's, put it, let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that kind of money changes hands on flights pretty regularly. I, I don't, I don't want to say how, why, or anything along those lines, but that's the, like the kind of impact that 80 players could have 80 players donating $25,000 like that. And think about how much money that is impacting a community or impacting a cause. And then you talk about how many people are getting back to work with the league, you know, up and down. Um, I just think that more, when we're talking about levels in this stuff, I think you could get more good like platforming, and I think that's the biggest thing. If like, they're going to negotiate with the league right now, I think the, the two biggest things they can do is one, make sure that, that when the league returns, that the league is donating money to causes. Say, mm -hmm. we want X amount of dollars donated to this cause. And I think the league, I think the players could hold the league accountable for that. 
I think they have that kind of leverage right now. The second thing is, I think they need to platform accordingly, like you talked about, before every single game, after every single game, at every halftime interview, at every halftime show. It is there. It is front and center. You cannot go away from it. You cannot get away from it. There's nothing you can do. It is going to be there. It is going to be persistent, and it's going to be effective. And I think those are the things that they can use. And then, like you said, the star power of the league, Giannis out, out, out there, LeBron out there, Dame out there, using those guys to get the message through over and over and over. I actually had to silence Dame's notifications on Twitter because he is pushing them out <laughs> yeah, yeah. so much at like two in the morning right now. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, Dame, you're keeping me awake, man. I, I gotta go to sleep, bro. But like, that's, that's the kind of thing we need to see and kind of throw it back to the whole idea of, you know, the family not being there. That could be a blessing in disguise because their whole livelihood would be basically the movement and basketball, the movement and basketball. If you're not hooping, you're pushing forward. If you're not pushing forward, you're hooping. You know what I mean? Like there's only, like, I mean, I, I know there'll be the Disney resort, but it's one of those things where, and I'll kind of use the deployment analogy here again. When you're overseas and you're in a war zone, you work, you eat, you work out. You work, you eat, you work out. That is the only rotation that you have. You get your one day off every two plus weeks. You go get your haircut, you go get your massage, and then you go back to it. And it will be the same kind of controlled environment. And I think it, in a sense, it could be a blessing in disguise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with you too. And I just think, like you said, just to uh, maybe put my, you know, end on the convert or on this topic is just like, man, you have the platform, you have so many pieces that you can use. If people want to be a part of the movement, again, then they can do that. It's the same thing of these players, they have so much power, they have so much leverage, like you were talking about where, yeah, maybe if the, you know, the MLB, the NFL, um, you know, hockey, everything, if all of them blacked out and said, man, we are not going to do this, we're not going to play until we address this the right way that we should, then I think that would have a bigger impact compared to that money that you, you know, some players are willing to throw away because they're looking at it like that's just going into maybe, you know, owner's pockets and things like that. But you can kind of take that money and you can do so much with it. I mean, imagine some of these places like Dame has talked about and like a lot of these players have talked about, like LeBron, for instance where he opens that, you know, that I promise school. Yeah. It's, it, like what, what he's done in underprivileged areas in, in Akron. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've never yeah. been to Akron, yeah. Akron is a hellhole. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just say it flat out. It is a very awful city as far as infrastructure and support and being able to get out of places like that is difficult. Mm -hmm. and, and so just having that kind of impact and money could do that, right? That money could do that for a lot mm -hmm. of those kids. They could figure things out where, you know, these NBA players are smart. Like I said, they know what they can do. And I feel like this is now a perfect time where not just because it's in the moment, but man, they're basically, you're coming back to the NBA. You're basically coming back to a place where you are, your platform is it's so much bigger now. There's not, there's nothing else going on. There's going to be nothing else going on your platform. There's going to be so many more people watching this and watching what you do, the things that you say, trying to understand it, things like that. So you could take that money and make an impact somewhere else where, instead of just throwing it out the window and saying, well, man, I just don't want to play. And then, you know, I'm just going to keep doing what I do because I, I mean, honestly, I'm not saying that it does not affect them because it does. It really does. Like you said, oh, it does. That's, you know, it's their earnings, it's their money, right? They've earned the right to make that money, which is true. But I'm saying that you see someone like Dame who's willing to go out to a black lives matter protest and not just be ready for the season to return, but be willing to, as people will say, be in the trenches, right? Mm -hmm. And being on the front lines and those kind of things. Where you get a Malcolm Brogdon, you get a Jalen Brown, you've got young black men, you've got older black men who are the face of this league now and in the future. And that's where I just think that if the NBA would return, they, could, they would do the right thing. I really think that they would because Adam Silver and the NBA in general, for the most part, you know, they understand and, I, and they're always willing to understand. So like you said, if players would go out, and use whatever platform they want to use and however they want to do it, construct it. So you cannot go away from what's happening. It is in the face at all times. I think that would probably be the best option. To go and I don't, I think you and I are, are, are eye to eye on this. The flip side of this is if Kyrie, Dwight, Lou, Will, those guys, if they had something 
or if they have something that I'm not seeing that you're not seeing that provides that additional context, or let's say they got the NFL players to buy in as well, which, I mean, that would be, you want to talk about a sweeping, just, I, I, I know the word for it. Just yeah. shock. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if the two, if the player, I mean, cause you talk about unions and the players, the NBA union is much stronger because their, their deals are guaranteed. This is why you don't get strikes in the NFL. Their deals mm-hmm. aren't guaranteed. But if they were able to do something along lines along those lines, then I think the the framework for a situation like that would be hard to turn away from. Oh, absolutely. And and, and then the I could see players be like, "Okay, let's do this. Let's take yeah. this out." Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, like you said, some deals are guaranteed, some are not. Right? NBA's are, NFLs are not. If you get the NFL, which I, in my opinion, the NFL dominates all. It Everybody does. watches the NFL. Yeah. So if the NFL is willing to do that. And yeah, man, I mean, if the players in the NFL are willing to do that, then absolutely. I mean, I, I would 100% understand where they're coming from. Yep. But, you know, just to have a couple. You know, Basically, what amounts to a month or six weeks yeah. of, of, yeah. of media control. Yeah. And I just think, I just think it would be such a good idea. You know, I, I really think that things like that would have a bigger impact than, like we've talked about, again, just not sitting out. So, uh, you know, if they could do that, then definitely. If not, then, you know, we're going to have to find a different way to go about it. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the hard, hard pivot away because this is a good discussion, but I don't think we're going to get anywhere until we know probably for the next 72 hours or so. I expect we'll probably have some next steps resolution as the, the players and stuff are, are meeting over the weekend and phone calls are taking place. But I don't know. I, I think this is a, a good discussion to have, and I appreciate you coming on to talk about it. I'm going to do a hard pivot here and uh, do the, the terrible thing and go away from a, uh, a topic that really needs to be addressed and, and continue to be addressed. and pivot to something to uh, one of your coworkers um, asked, uh, were you wearing shorts or sweats for that studio pic that I posted? Man, it was, uh, I was wearing sweats and you know what, what got me too was uh, <laughs> with that, with that picture, I used that as my back, you know, obviously when you get in media, you have an, like, like an official Facebook page where that, oh, yeah. you know, it's not your own personal page. It's just what you're going to post your work on and things like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know because, you know, when you're cropping something out, especially on Facebook, I figured, okay, I'd crop out the top half, right? So it looks like I'm just in a suit. So mm-hmm. I posted on my page and then my boss is like, hey, uh, did you go check? Like, why'd you post this picture? I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, I got, got a nice haircut, wearing a suit. Uh, like, what's the problem? And she's like, well, it shows you the full thing. Like shows you the full picture. And I was like, huh? It shows the full picture. And I went and I mean, I was wearing like, I think I was wearing Air Maxes, like no socks. The sweats were too short. And my ankles were showing like everything, man. It was a disaster. I was like, oh no. And then, uh, yeah, when Adam said that, I was like, Adam, man, you're exposing me here. Like you're. <laughs> Shout out Adam Bjornsson. Hey, listen, you're still better off than I am. I've worn shorts on live TV. And I had, I had, this is some people don't know. Uh, I had a blowout in the, uh, in the pants. Oh no. And I had a backup pair of, uh, of cargo shorts. Cause I had, I was, I can't remember. I think I went camping like the, the, or I was going camping that weekend. And I just happened to have them in the car. Um, yeah. So I, I've actually wore, I've had, we actually designated a camera that we don't normally use. It was off the side and we actually pointed it down at my legs so we could go to leg cam. Uh, at at any given time. So I've actually (laughs) worn cargo shorts live on TV. So I I can't criticize you too much, man. Hey, that's what, uh, but that's what Adam was saying was that, man, sometimes it's just how it is in TV, man. You have to make do with what you got. And Adam said he was wearing like what a, he was wearing baseball pants and, and something like that. And then he was, you know, he made it to his If we're working from home, we're not wearing pants. Oh yeah, for sure. That's a hundred percent. When I do this right now, I'm wearing basketball shorts. hundred percent. See, Every I, single show. And I have the sweats on. That's all I was asking you. Yeah. I, before we got on this, I was like, hey, man. How, so how like, zoomed in are we going to be? <laughs> <laughs> what, are we, what are we wearing? Uh, we, we, do I need to, you know, change my shirt? No, we, I got a couple shirts over here right over. Oh, yeah. You, you, got the, you got the extras ready to go. You got to keep yeah, them in the ready. car. Yeah, 100%. All right. Let's, let's get to a couple of, uh, couple of questions here. This one from Michael Ward. He's got a couple. So we're, we're, I'm going to take these kind of – um, stages of this. He's, first one here is what kinds of players will have advantages in the bubble? Rookies may, uh, may 
before used to tone down lifestyle in his hometown. So I guess what he's talking about is if we're talking about being in the bubble, do you see any players that have potentially any advantages? I don't think so. I mean, I think, uh, I, I don't really see how you could have an advantage. I mean, maybe obviously someone like Ant, if you're, I mean, could, a couple blocks from home. Yeah, because you're, yeah, because you're got home, home cooking from Mama. Yeah, maybe that's it. But and that, but that's the thing too is where it led us to that first point that we made. I mean, if it's Ant in Ant's instance, it's not gonna. You can't have all of his friends, all of his homies. Everyone can't show up. So, yeah. um, I, I, in my opinion, I don't really see how you could have much of an advantage. I wonder. It's going to be a general thing here. How well a young, single, 22, 23-year-old man I, – I think, I think the married players might have a bit of an advantage in this particular yeah, scenario. Yeah, probably. Less distraction. <laughs> Less distraction, yeah. You know, um, you're probably used to a particular lifestyle on the road that may not be afforded to you at Walt Disney World Resort. <laughs> That's 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 the only uh, I guess the only potential advantage I can see maybe an older married player might have. Yeah, like the old men, man, they're just gonna just gonna kick their feet up like Carmelo, man. I, I, every time post game when I'm talking to Carmelo, I was like, man, like Carmelo was one of my favorite players, and he still is, obviously. But but he puts out that old man just I'm, man, I'm he has good that vibe. old man vibe. I was like, mm-hmm. man, you're from New York, like you were talking about. I remember someone was like saying something about going out and and like partying, and he was like, like you know, you hear some of the younger guys who are like, yeah, man, like oh, that'd be that'd be super fun, that'd be super, you know, that'd be cool yeah. to do. He see Melo, he's like, man, I'm tired, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> I was like, man, it's 10:30. You used to live in New York, bro. People don't even go out in New York till like 1 a.m. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's he's already in the tub. Like, nah, man, I'm I'm going home. I'm going to bed. So. I can respect it though. I can respect. It. So maybe maybe you're right. That might be the advantage that I can see is that less distraction for the older players. Um, you know, maybe some of those swing players or something like that. They're probably gonna have the time of their life, man. This could probably be something they haven't experienced yet. So they're like, man, we got to go to you know, obviously, Orlando. Nice hotels. We're gonna be you know, in a way, basically free because some most of those swing players probably won't play. I think so. Yeah, and the other thing is maybe some of these people with families, these players with families, are gonna be okay being away for a little while after being cooped up for you know three months. Yeah, and I think uh, I watched Dave's Instagram live. Uh, it might have been like a month ago or something. Mm-hmm. And he, you could tell my man was bored. He was sitting there like this. <laughs> get me out! And, and like he just would get on Instagram live for hours and hours yeah. and hours because I'm like, man, he must be really bored. You know, I asked him like, Dave, you've been on Instagram live a lot, man. Why? And he's like, man, I'm so bored. Like I just play the xbox sometimes click it on there's only so many times you can flip that xbox on and look at the same couple games and go man let me tell you i've done that so many times now that i have like i picked up golf again man and i don't golf but i was like i can't sit inside all day you gotta do something i can can only take dame's position so many times on 2k (laughs) exactly (laughs) just a quick peek behind the curtain we're recording here on sunday afternoon uh, if you're listening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever, we were supposed to go earlier, but I was doing a, a thing with, with outdoor GPS, uh, going out and basically doing some fishing. And it was, the main reason is, is to get my butt outside and go do something and be around another human being, yeah. um, in, in a, in a safe manner. Don't worry. We're all like, you know, keeping our, our space and making sure people are tested and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, if they, there's, there's some things going on there. The, the one the one advantage that I kind of like genuinely hinted at uh, over the last couple of weeks is a team like Memphis, who was mm-hmm. just nothing but 21-year-old kids. Mm-hmm. And the difference it takes for somebody my age, shout out Carmelo, versus somebody John Morant's age, who's what, 19, 20? Yeah. Or Ant, who just turned 21 uh, a week ago. Um, it's, it's hard for me to think it wouldn't be a little bit easier – for a very young team to ramp up and be ready to go versus perhaps an older team like the Lakers, like the Clippers, uh, who maybe are going to take a little slower approach to it and try to peak right as the, the playoffs start, you know, use the first mm-hmm. four games as kind of maybe warm-up games. And then the next four games, you kind of amp it up a little bit more and make sure you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Best way I can describe it is this. I remember playing freshman basketball. I played varsity. Uh, 
there's a difference between running out on the court as a freshman and then running out on the court as a senior. Mm -hmm. When you run out there as a freshman, you're hyped, obviously, you're excited. Kingin. In this instance, Memphis, we call, we'll call them the freshman. When they're running out, they're excited, they're hyped. Fresh legs, man. You get out on the court, you're running around, you're like messing with each other, pushing each other, you know, just, just joking around, things like that. Then you look at some, you know, like you said, maybe a team like the Lakers and the Clippers, where, which will be my senior year, where I obviously started varsity basketball. But, man, those warm-ups, it took me, it took, like, I would have to go out there early, 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 because I had to stretch. I had to do everything. And that's the same thing even when I played football and I was running out as a senior of, man, I had to get stretched before practice. I did hot tub before practice, which mm -hmm. I know is good for you. I had to warm up my old man legs. I was doing extra stretches. I had to like run like half a mile. I had to do light weights. Like I was like, man, I had to do everything I could just to be ready to go out and practice, you know? And then not even, don't even get me started on game day. Game day was like a four or five hour process, right? And that's the difference is that you see those teams that are older, more experienced. Yeah, that's good because they have that experience. But freshness and just, I guess in a way, youth will kind of do something for you, right? The Lakers don't really have too many guys where, they're just like those young energizer bunny type guys. Like Kuzma's young, but he he's 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 an old young. Yeah, and that's the thing is like John Moran. You see him, man. He's always bouncing out of the gym all the yeah. time. So I think I think that might be a true advantage. I would say that. But then at the same time, like we said, experience. We've seen it already with LeBron. There's something when you go to the NBA Finals nine times in a row that that experience is something that you can't really, you know, you can't coach that obviously, and you can't be prepared for that. You just have to experience. I mean, the only thing that's really stopped him has been his back when he's cramped up, and it's only happened a couple times. And for a guy that size to play as many games, as many minutes, and as as much uh, pressure on him to to play in that manner, it's it's pretty nuts. Uh, yeah. We got another question here uh, along the same lines: Vinny Blazers are playing one on one. How they're kind of getting ready? So for everybody wondering, everyone has been cleared to resume basketball activities but they're still social distancing at the practice facility one-on-one -on -one, uh physical contact has not yet been authorized by the league that's supposed to happen here in the next couple weeks mm -hmm. um cj mccollum has even though he's a he's a bit of a germaphobe as he's made known uh when the coronavirus COVID 19 first kind of came around he was like i'm not signing autographs i'm not doing this sorry that's he's also advocated over the last couple weeks for the league to allow one-on-one -on -one smaller group contact begin earlier so to mitigate injury concerns mm -hmm. because yeah. you, you need it's kind of funny when you think about this as far as the bubble is concerned these players are not going to be allowed to sit at a table and eat together but they're going to be on a basketball court chest to chest sweating all over each other it's yeah. like i don't know guys <laughs> maybe we can just let the tighten the bubble up around the players and let them yeah. be yeah. Um, considering they're all going to be playing together anyways. Yeah, which there's something about just having some live gameplay, I guess. You know, like you can only do so many drills that are going to push you so hard and get you – yeah, they'll get you in shape. They'll get you right, get you prepared. Seven on seven doesn't about, work for you all the time. You got to Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah you got so – that's what I'm saying. You got – sometimes you just got to put the pads on, man, mm -hmm. go straight downhill as hard and as fast as you can. Same thing in the ABA. Sometimes you just need kind of that physical contact and sometimes just that competitive edge and that competitiveness to get you ready for the playoffs. Where, like, for a team like the Blazers, man, I mean, it's kind of do or die, right? They got to ramp like, go. They they yeah. got to come in running. They can't they can't be like maybe a team like the Lakers or, or Bucks might be as far as trying to make sure they're peaking. The mm. Blazers need to come out pen peak. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I and I, and I think that's why if we're talking about Damian Lillard and the Blazers and CJ McCollum you're trying to weigh these different things in concern with safety uh, with the coronavirus, but there's also the safety of injury preparedness mm -hmm. and you can't simulate live action without going live action. And yeah. so you've, and you've got guys who were turning, you've got Yusuf Nurkic who, who hasn't played live action game time basketball. Now he's, he's scrimmaged for those of you that, that aren't aware. He did scrimmage before all this was happening. You have to go through those live practices with the Blazers before you can return to the court. And that's what Nurk was doing before the season shut down. Mm. Uh, Zach Collins is, from what I understand, it going to be cleared and have 100% as soon as 
basically the league resumes the official resumption because we haven't gotten any actual official word because no announcements are being made by team because it's kind of a moratorium right now. The only blazer who has still has actual restrictions right now is Rodney hood. And we saw Rodney hood two nights ago who has told offline folks in the media that he is ahead of schedule. He is progressing. Well, he's shooting jumpers right now. That is a fantastic sight to see. I, I, I'm thrilled. The yeah. advances in medicine, as far as the Achilles is concerned, is insane. This is what used to be a career ender. And now he's out here already shooting and we're what? He got hurt late December, so we're six months out. Yeah. That's, Which that's is phenomenal. Super impressive. I mean, that, that, and that's the thing is that when you saw the injury happen, I mean, you know what it is. When you you like and I were there. We, we, we both look like, you got to be kidding. Yeah. I was like, like man, <laughs> it was a tough one. But that's the thing is, like you said, the medicine, the training staff, just the fact that he can come back and be, which kind of shows how in shape his body was already. Yeah. I mean, I know you're a professional athlete, but this is, again. This is a ruptured Achilles. Mm-hmm. Coming from a former athlete, I had, I've had both shoulders redone twice, both ACLs and meniscuses, and both ankles redone from fractures. So I know that if your body is in good shape, then you can come back a certain way and be just good, if not better. But a lot of the time it will take a long time. But in Ronnie Hood's instance, like you said, in shape, he's ready. You see him shooting jumpers. Obviously he's not ready to go full contact playing. Man, in a matter of what, six months? That's huge. I mean, he, that's- he, he has said that he thinks he'll be ready by August. Which is insane. And, but that's for everybody crazy. wondering, no, he will not play. Yeah, he, yeah he's not going to come let back. Me, let, me go ahead, st- let me go ahead and stomp that out. Right now, Rodney <laughs> will not toss that out the window. That's that's just not that's not going to happen. The the precarious situation the Blazers are in with their roster and the salary cap and everything else, they are not. Even if Rodney was cleared a hundred percent, I don't think the Blazers would let him play. Mm-hmm. I just, sure. just you need to be on this. And it's the same thing. Well, it's actually it's not. It's not the same thing with KD. I honestly think KD should play. Yeah, he, he's he's I mean, going to be like four hundred plus days removed. Yeah. From, Which, you know, from the injury, I, I mean, this might be a little off topic, but that's okay. Because I, no, no, go, go. I'm just a little, it sounds, something's off about the Nets, man. In my opinion, something's a little off about yeah, them it's that maybe KD and Kyrie. That maybe they're waiting <laughs> like, for, you know, offseason, obviously you can pick up free agents, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There's just some off that it, it seems like they have like a bigger plan. I know that they, well, oh, they're already they trying to get to next season. Start. That's, that's yeah. the thing is like, exactly. this season was a write off to begin with. Mm-hmm. That Which, was that, always the case. They don't. It's like that's the thing though is that they don't even make it like a secret. Like you can yeah. tell because you know KD. Like people have said, KD could play. I mean, realistically, I'm sure he could. He probably feels great. <laughs> I, I've I, I've heard through the grapevine that basically he's been good for three months. Yeah, but man, so. you just got to be ready for next season. Uh, and obviously going to try and get that third star and things like that. But I just had to throw it in there because I always – I think no, it's the, funny the, when people me. don't really understand that and don't yeah, really it's, see it's, it. I'm like, it's, man, it's, it's weird. so great. <laughs> no, and, and I think you, you can say the same is true about the Warriors this year, where in the past, oh, my God, tanking's terrible. Da, 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 da. The Warriors are actively just throwing G League rosters out there. Oh, yeah. So it's okay as long as it's, you know, not a team doing it for whatever reason. It's They, they pick and choose and they just kind of go from there. Yeah. But I want to wrap this back to to the Blazers, and um, there was one other question that was on here, and I don't know if I didn't mark it or he deleted it, so I guess we'll just get back to it. Um, when you look at this Blazers team and the situation that they're facing, how do you think this ultimately goes for them? Uh, in my opinion, like I've said, like I said at the very beginning. A dame that is coming out ready to play. To be honest with you, I don't know if there's another player besides maybe a LeBron and maybe mm-hmm. a Kobe in my generation. This is my generation of, of watching basketball. That if you get certain guys in certain modes, there's I would want nothing to do with them. LeBron being one of them, mm-hmm. obviously we saw what he's he's done numerous times in game sevens against maybe the Celtics, a good example. Kobe Bryant, we already know Kobe Bryant had that mamba mentality, you know, the whole mom mentality thing where He's willing to do anything and everything. Then there's something about Dame where he has the same thing and he has, in a way, both of those mentalities that I think you see it just like that first game against the Lakers, obviously when the tragic accident to Kobe Bryant happened. And a lot of people see that as 
you know, maybe the Blazers are going to roll over and just kind of let the – Let's set that scene real quick. Mm-hmm. We, the night before, because it was on a back-to-back, every single one of us, you, me, every beat reporter, every TV anchor, every sports reporter, every, every person I could talk to within the Blazers organization, what did we all say? Yeah, Portland's right. going down there and they're going to get waxed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Everybody thought it. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yeah. And that's it's not a shot at Portland or the Trailblazers or Damian Lillard. It was how the hell can you overcome that? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I'll lead to is the fact of mm-hmm. that mentality that, and I mean, he said it, obviously, you can't say it on this podcast, family-friendly podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a three. says, yada, 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 right? You see it in the camera and on TNT camera, but you just see the competitiveness in his eyes. And there's people, when you get them in that mode, a lot of you guys have watched the Last Dance documentary, same thing. And that's where I'm like, like that right there is the, the perfect example of that, you know, Mamba mentality, Michael Jordan, those LeBron Jameses, where you get a guy in a certain situation where his backup is, is up against the wall and he's going to prove you wrong. Damian Lillard is literally that guy. I've met, like, there's things, sometimes like we, like we said, man, we've been sitting there at the game. Sometimes we're watching like this and, you know, Blazers might be down by whatever they're, you know, maybe they're playing bad or something like that. Maybe they're just kind of in a funk for a couple minutes and you're like, man, this could get ugly. You know, I'm saying the same thing. Like, oh, man, this might, this might get ugly if they don't pick up their game. And then all of a sudden you'll watch Dame. You're like, man, they need some sort of momentum. He'll take, he'll take a dribble across half court, pull up guy in his face. I'm like, dude, what? I was like, whoa, what are we doing? And then he drains three. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, all right. And, you know, defensively, they'll get back. He'll, they'll get a stop. Then he'll come down, do it again. I'm like, okay, never mind. It's just like <laughs> there's guys like that where they're just that spark. They have that competitiveness, that mentality where, listen, man, I'm going to break you down and I'm going to beat you as much as I can. I mean, we saw it so many times in that OKC mm-hmm. uh, series last year where, listen, man, Russell Westbrook is a, is a very good player. Paul George, a very good player. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact that you have someone who is willing to do anything and everything to win that game, just like we saw against the Lakers, where the Blazers go down there and win. There's just something to me about having Dame in a certain mindset, in a certain way, and having that chip on the shoulder that it's – no matter who they're going up against, it's hard for me to go against them. I really think they get that last spot. I do think they kind of give the Lakers a run for their money because the healthy Blazers team – that's a good squad now. I mean, obviously the Lakers are were peaking at the right time. They knocked off the Clippers and the Bucks, things like that. But I don't know, man. I mean, LeBron James will go has been on record saying it that that and so is Kobe Bryant. Like that that's a bad boy and Damian Lillard right there. So, yeah, LeBron has said, particularly as it pertains to this playoffs, if there's a team that's in that spot for that eight seed, the one he doesn't want to see is Damian Lillard. And I don't think it's him gassing Dame up. I don't think it's just him throwing that out there. That's I've seen this guy single-handedly win a playoff series. Yeah. And I haven't seen a guy on any of those other teams do that. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that Zion couldn't do it. It's not to say that Jock couldn't do it. It's not to say that Deer and Fox couldn't do it. It's just I've seen this guy do it and mm-hmm. do it in a fashion that maybe 10 players in the NBA ever could do it in. Mm-hmm. And, again, there's just something about having that leader and having a guy that – like John Morant, he's probably you know he's probably he is the leader. Yeah, I think he's the leader of that team. I, I look at him as a as a young Damian Lillard as far exactly. as his leadership quality. Mm-hmm. And but I just think Dame has that experience of doing mm-hmm. it before. And then you have someone, uh, or you just have a roster where you look down the roster, man. I mean, when healthy, they're good. They're really good, and they have the right pieces. You get Damian Lillard, and we already seen the Dame effect of, in a way, he can just he can kind of bring anybody up. There, he can bring mm-hmm. all their plays up because. Guys just want to play with leaders like that. Guys want to know that, listen, man, if he's willing to put his body on the line and he is one of the highest paid players in the NBA, he is the leader of our team, he is the face of the franchise, and he is this, you know, all-star, going to be an NBA legend, things like that. If he's willing to put his body on the line, then why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we follow him in that and match his play? Same thing in the Last Dance documentary, episode seven, is my all-time favorite moment in that. Uh, documentary of when Michael Jordan was talking about he wanted his team, he willed his team, right? The guys didn't go through what he went through. They weren't in that position, the same one as Michael Jordan and in Damian Lillard in, in this instance. Mm-hmm. So he forced them to be good. And I think Dame does that, but obviously in a different manner. He's not going to you know, get someone's face, scream at him or, or try and fight Punch him. Punch him in the face? Yeah. You know, n- nothing like that, but 
he has his own way of doing it. But in the, in a sense, that's the same thing that Michael Jordan would do. He would force and will his team to play up and play better. Same thing as LeBron James has done. Same thing as Kobe Bryant has done. So I, I think, again, like LeBron said, a team that you do not want to see is the Blazers. But the only question I have is, can they come out of the gate hot? Can they yes. come out of the gate that's what matters. that that team that we have seen the past couple seasons where, man, they have the talent, they have the coaching. Can they come out and not peak at the right time, but be ready already and be peaked type thing? So, um, I don't know, man. I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be interesting to watch. So, everybody, that's Marcus Greaves picking the Blazers in four over the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down, mark it, man. I'll go home and burn the LeBron jersey. <laughs> oh, come on! Don't say things you won't do. Listen, uh, okay. In my in my defense, though, I I just like game, man. So I got I got two Dame ones. I got a Carmelo one. Hey, listen, I man. I I get it. Listen, I I, I get it. It's, it's okay. I, listen, I am a LeBron guy. Like yeah. I, I I am firmly. It's there's there's two there's two goats. There's there's MJ and there's LeBron. That that's that's how it is for me. It depends on what what side you want to be on. That's fine. Just that it's those two. You can. <laughs> Miss me with all the the other stuff. It's those two. So you're all right, man. I just I get it. Um, but we'll wrap it up here because I don't want to keep it too long. Uh, Marcus, go ahead and plug everything you got, everything you do. You're a busy dude, and I, with sports coming back, make sure you get everything out there. Yeah, man. So uh, I do have two podcasts. Like I said at the very beginning, um, I do have a ducks and beavers podcast, the ducking one or ducking the duck one. It's called Ducking Around here at Coin News. Uh, I just break down football, basketball, soccer, softball, baseball, anything. Same thing for Oregon State. It's called the Beaver Smack Podcast. Do the exact same thing. We just, you know, anything we could do to break down, whether it be sports, people hopping on as guests. Uh, last week I had Alex Molden. He was the number, I want to say, eight pick in the 1996 NFL draft. He was a duck. He was a great player. He hopped on, just talked about his experiences playing like Jerry Rice, things like that. I've had James, Jaquiz Rogers on the Oregon State one. Follow those. You can go find those at coin.com under uh, podcast. And then that is, again, the Ducking Around and Beaver Smack podcast. Then you can obviously follow me on social media. It's just Marcus Greaves underscore. That is M-A-R-C-U-S-G-R-E-A-V-E-S underscore. And again, Coin6 News, sports reporter, digital analyst, or analyst, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Uh, and then, hey, Danny, man, thank you so much for having me on. It was a great time. I'd love to hop on any other time, man, and, and just let's chop it up again, man. This is fun. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you being honest, uh, giving your insight, your experience as a, a young black athlete. Like that's, that's, a, that's a hard thing to find, um, mm -hmm. to have lived those experiences in this market. I mean, yeah. it's unless you're at Oregon State, you're at Oregon, or you're playing for the Timbers or the Blazers, there's just – I mean, that pyramid gets smaller and smaller. So I appreciate you being honest and, and giving your, your insights and your experience on that because that's, again, it's not something I can do. It's not something I can touch. Uh, folks, go out there, follow Marcus, check out his stuff. Uh, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's my guy, but also he, he does good work. So make sure you're getting in there and following him and, and engaging with him and supporting him. Uh, if you want to support us, support the show, uh, like, rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast needs. You can find me on social media at Danny Morang at D-A-N-N-Y-M-A-R-A-N-G. Uh, we are having discussions with NBC as far as how we are going to present the remaining games. Uh, so once I have those news, Joe and I will be going to break that out. But as far as we know right now, we will be br bringing you the games that we have at NBC following every game on NBC Sports Northwest on Blazers Outsiders with my good friend and co-host Joe Simons. Uh, for Marcus... Thanks again, man. I appreciate you. We'll catch you guys next week. Make Again, like, rate, review, subscribe. I'm going to be better about that. I need to do it at the beginning of the show too, but I'm terrible about promoting and I will probably never get better. But again, thank you, everybody. Stay safe. Keep your mind right. Marshawn Lynch, check your mentals. Make sure you're good. Marcus, thank you, buddy. We'll catch you guys next week, everybody. Bye.